0: it's good to be at grand prairie alliance this morning and uh, this is our home church so we're here quite often but it's good to be here in this capacity to be able to, to share with you this morning and um bonus of being part of two services as i get two ice cream cones that's always a good thing but also got to sit in the worship twice and i don't know about you but that's what i, I value that so much and thanks to brad and the team for leading us again in incredible worship this morning my name is, as Ruth said, Mel Sigilko, and I actually work with Rising Above here in Grand Prairie. I'm not on staff here at the church, but I'm, you, recognize, you may recognize the name as my cousin Jonathan's wife, Barb, is on staff in children's ministry, and our son, Michael, is on staff here as youth pastor role, and so just excited to be part of this church, part of this church family, and to be here this morning to share with you. We're going to continue our look at 2 Corinthians, and... Um, I was, when Pastor Caleb asked if I would share this morning, and he said, this is your passage of scripture, if you agree to do this, I'm going, yes, I get it feels like I'm winning the lottery to get to speak on this passage of scripture. It's such a powerful passage. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you can turn in your Bibles, and we'll look at that in just a minute. But as we look at that, we're going to look at Paul's, actually says in this passage, not directly, but you can read between the lines, and you'll hear him say that there's three kinds of people. And so we're going to look at that, and you're going to fit into one of these categories, but just, you've often heard people say, or heard phrases, you know, there are two kinds of people in this world, or there are three kinds of people in the world. Here's a couple ones that I liked. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who love to talk, and those who hate to listen. There are two types of people in this world. Those who are on my side, and those who are in my way. There are three kinds of people in the world, those who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who wonder what just happened. <laughs> or there are three kinds of people in this world: those who can count and those who cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly we'll figure that one in. <clears throat> All right, let's look at Second Corinthians chapter five. Beginning at verse 11, and we're going to read through to verse 21. But verse 11 says, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and a hope is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view once we regarded christ in this way we do so no longer now look at verse 17. therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that god was reconciling the world to himself in christ not counting men's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation verse 20 we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God let's pray God as we impact these powerful words as we understand what it means to be reconciled, as we understand the call that you've placed on our lives to embrace this ministry of reconciliation, to be ambassadors for you, God, I pray that you would open our hearts. Help us to see which one of these three categories we fit in and help us to hear what you are asking from us and how you want us to respond. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As I said, when I read this, it came to me that there were three kinds of people in this world, and so the first one I want us to look at is those that are disconnected from God, those that need to be reconciled. Blaise Pascal, a French philosopher, and you've probably heard this quote, he said, There is a God shaped, vacuumed in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. We are created for a purpose and that purpose cannot be discovered while we live disconnected or unreconciled from our God so verse 20 in the message it says becomes friend become friends with God he's already a friend with you God is ready and wanting that reconciliation to happen he's waiting for us to respond and fit into that I teach at rising above and I teach them one of my classes I teach is, is self-esteem, and in my self-esteem class, we focus on a, a couple of foundational principles that God made you, and he is pleased with his workmanship. He's pleased with the result, and that we are loved by God because of who we are, not because of what we've done, and that we have a purpose. Again, that we are created with a purpose in mind that no one else can do. And so when I lay these foundational principles out and says that that is the basis for a healthy self-esteem, at one point, one man interrupted the class and he said, I don't believe in God. So tell me, how can I have a healthy self-esteem? And I thought in silence for a few seconds, and then I said, you can't. For we are not created to thrive Outside of a connection to God, we have, as the philosopher said, a God shaped vacuum inside of us. And until there's that reconciliation, until there's that connection, we will never be able to be who God created us to be. We are living, if you're living disconnected from God, you are missing out in the life that God has for us. This past Friday was World Suicide Prevention Day. And I looked at some of the stats. Amongst young adults, 15 to 29 years old, suicide is the second leading cause of death. And amongst that category from age 30 to 44 does the third leading cause of death. And research shows, and this was astounding for me to see that for every death by suicide, there are 25 to 30 attempts. We live in a world that people are not thriving They're not grasping that connection to God. We live in a world that is disconnected from God. I had the honor this week of spending a couple of days with uh, some of our First Nations leaders, a chief and council from one of our Alberta First Nations came down and spent a couple of days with us. They wanted to observe and learn what Christian based treatment looked like because in their communities, addiction and suicide is destroying them as a, as a community, as a culture. And they know that the answer comes from a connection to their creator. The answer comes from being reconciled to God. John 15, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We are not created to live apart from God. We need to be reconciled. And so Paul says, I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So you may be sitting in these... In these benches this morning, or you may be watching online and you don't even know why you're here and you don't know why you tuned in because you know you're disconnected from God. And maybe today, today could be your day to get that connection in place, to be reconciled to God, to take that step of surrender and say, God, I need you. And if you do, then you'll be able to embrace life to the full here on earth. But even, it's even bigger news than that. It's not just about the days that we have here on earth. It's about eternity. And Pastor Matt shared last week uh, from the first part of Second Corinthians chapter 5, where it says, we have an eternal home in heaven, not built by human hands. That is the gift of reconciliation to us when we come to him, acknowledging the work that Christ did in the sacrifice on the cross. In a few moments when we close the service, if you haven't taken that step, you have the opportunity to be reconciled. But that first group of people are those that need to be reconciled. The second group are those that are connecting to God or those that are in the process of being reconciled. Something powerful happens when we come to this place of surrender in verse 17, which is one of my all-time favorite verses in the scriptures. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone, the new has come. My father was a pastor and then became a Bible college president. And In the time when he was in in the presidency of a Bible college, he would often get asked to speak in different churches. And we, as the family, would get dragged along. And so I would hear my dad's sermons over and over again. And there was one sermon that he would preach from this verse but if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new is coming. He would illustrate it with this. He would say, imagine a car dealership offering one of their push, pull, or drag sales. And we've, that was a kind of a common thing back then. And We're talking a lot of years ago. And I, was, and I just realized it's still fairly common. We had a Volkswagen dealership do it this summer, and I think a Dodge dealership, offer $3,000 off of a new vehicle if you can push, pull, or drag any old clunker in. But my dad would change it a little bit, and he would say this. What if a dealership said, you bring any old clunker in here. You can push, pull, or drag it in, and you give us the keys of your old clunker, and we'll give you the keys for a brand new vehicle. No questions asked, no fine print to sign up for, just a straight exchange, your old clunker for something brand spanking new. So you go in there, you take advantage of this, and you're looking at this brand new car." And it's got shiny it's clean it's got all the options you want and they give you the key and you're so excited and he says before you leave you need to give me the keys for your old car and all of a sudden you've got this tension you've got this brand new vehicle key in your hand you're not sure you want to give up the old one there's a lot of memories there and my generation, when we talk about clunkers, it's not quite the same as some of your younger people think of clunkers. When we talk about clunkers in my day, it was like we had to drive standard transmissions because we couldn't afford those fancy automatics. But was, that was a good thing for us because more times than not, either the battery was dead or the starter was shot, and so we got to push it to get it started. And so we'd still get around, or we'd park on a hill to make sure we could get it going down the hill. Those were the kind of clunkers that we would have. Or, so common that we would drive vehicles that the gas gauges don't work, and you had to guess as to when you think it was going to run out of gas. So you'd have to carry a jerry can with you in case you guessed wrong. Uh, Those are the kind of clunkers that we're thinking about when we're saying, do I want to take that trade? And we're going, maybe I should fix that tear in the seat and the upholstery before I give you this old clunker. And they go, no, just give it to us the way it is. And, but I, I just, and so the picture of this illustration is you're stuck and you can't take, the new until you're ready to surrender the old and that's the tension that we live with but this part about being reconciled to god is the opportunity to surrender the old and take on the new and when we're in this process we're in that second part of this those that are connecting to god when that happens and we take that step of surrender and we let go then the words of jesus in luke 15 where he says that's when there's celebration in heaven When one person surrenders, lets go of everything, and takes the new that Christ has provided for them because of his work on the cross, that's when there's celebration in heaven. And that's the only time in scripture that it talks about celebration in heaven. The second group of people here, this is a powerful, powerful thing. We love to celebrate it in this church with the yellow roses that are often up here on the stage. It is a time for us to celebrate when this kind of reconciliation happens. And if you've been, there and you've experienced that then you are in this third category those that are connected and helping others connect verse 18 all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation in verse 20 we are therefore christ's ambassadors he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation it doesn't say he's given the pastors or the church staff the Ministry of Reconciliation. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. And so if we've been reconciled to God, we have this Ministry of Reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. There is no other option. So what's the role of an ambassador? Well, if we were to be step back for a second and say, what's the role of an ambassador when it comes to countries? An ambassador is a highly respected official acting as a representative of a nation. And so that choice words that Paul uses here when he says we are ambassadors, would suggest that we are representatives of heaven in this place we call earth. We are to be representative of of Christ amongst those who have been disconnected from him, who who need to be reconciled to him that's the role of the ambassador in 1 peter 3:15 and 16 it says if anyone asks about the hope living within you if anybody asks about that reconciliation that you've experienced always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect maintain a clear conscience so that those who slander you for living a pure life in christ will have to lie about you will be shamed because of their slander that's what it means to be an ambassador to be always be ready to share our faith but here's the problem this third group of those that have accepted this ministry of reconciliation that have accepted the challenge of being ambassadors that's really too small it's a very small group the second group those that are being reconciled Where that reconciliation takes place that act of surrender that's supposed to be the small group because that's a very transitional place we come out of being unreconciled to being reconciled and then we're to move into this third category which would be the large category and this is third category when we do what we're called to do to be ambassadors for christ that's where the world's going to change That's when we're going to fulfill Jesus's words, when he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. But for some reason, we hang around this middle one far too long. So we understand that first group that people need to be connected to God. We see the brokenness around us and we get it. We know it's there. It's a legitimate group. But we think other people are going to be the ambassadors, not us. It's our job. The second group, those that are connecting to God, as we hang around there too long, resulting in this third group being too small. And so let me talk about for a second, why do we settle in this middle group? Why don't we step into the privilege of being ambassadors, the privilege of being part of this ministry of reconciliation? A Couple of reasons come to mind, two come to mind. Number one is that basically we're too self-absorbed. and look at this is from the passion translation this is verse 15. it says so those who live in other words those who have been reconciled now to god those who have experienced the exchange of the old for the new those who those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives but lives that are poured out for him the one who died for us and now lives again We should no longer live self-absorbed lives but lives that are poured out for him first problem we get stuck on is we hang on we do this exchange of keys the old for the new but we hang on we don't actually guess we don't actually do the exchange we hang on to the old and we stay stuck in this self-absorbed place there's three parts to this self-absorbed place i want us to touch on being self-absorbed says you will choose comfort over commitment. We want the nice house, we want the comfortable vehicles, we want the time just to relax. Not the intentional effort of making a commitment, of doing something, of committing to being part of something, of committing to helping Michael and Lauren with the youth, or committing to work with Annette and the fed team, or committing to work with children's ministries. That takes time. We'd rather be comfortable than make the commitment. We choose comfort over courage. In the words of Brene Brown, a popular author and speaker, especially in the area of shame, she says this, choosing courage over comfort is choosing what is right over what is fun or fast or easy and choosing, this is the part of like and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. It's comfortable to say, this is what we believe, but then not do it. It takes courage to say, this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do. If you want to see an example of what I would consider courage over comfort, you need to look at our friend Dan Riggler, who's one of the elders here, one of the board members at Rising Above. This past week, Him and some other people put on these morph suits, those really tight spandex, and they wore these signs and went around town, exposing this disconnection from God and the hurts in our society, and then offering the hope. Um, I was chatting with Ryan Meikle before the first service, and we're going, I don't think we would, I don't think I'd put on a morph suit and walk around, as we're talking about some people we know that did that, and with Dan here, some of Dan's helpers. I don't think I'd be comfortable doing that. We're going, yeah, it's not for me, that's, that's just weird. And um, that's Dan, he does weird things. But if that's your call to be courageous that way, that's what you've got to do. And then I thought about Ryan as he's saying, that's not for me, but Ryan is so excited about being part of the Tijuana mission team. That's his area stepping out in courage. What's yours? And um, there's gonna be a bunch of booths as you leave this morning that are saying, we need some help to make a difference in our community and our world. Find your place of stepping out of comfort into courage, stepping out of comfort into commitment, saying, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to do something. The third thing that we hold on to when it comes to being self-absorbed is we choose to hold on to past hurts and resentments rather than to forgive. A self-absorbed life leads to this entitlement mentality where we hang on to resentments and bitterness. I can't forgive what she said to or said about me or said to me. I won't let go of what my employer did. I deserve an apology. They owe me. I deserve better. And when we stay stuck in that entitlement attitude, it's a very self-destructive behavior pattern that will take years off your life if you don't resolve it. But even bigger than that, it puts a barrier in front of our calling to be ambassadors. We rob ourselves of the joy of stepping into this ministry of reconciliation. We eliminate ourselves from embracing the life that God created for us. It's time to surrender the old in exchange for the new that God is offering. So the second reason we don't step up to be ambassadors, besides um, Or the second reason is we believe we are unqualified or unworthy. So besides living that self-absorbed life, it's all about me and my comfort, we don't feel we're good enough. We don't feel we're qualified. And that is a lie that comes right from the pit of hell to keep you from fulfilling the purpose that God created you for, to keep you from stepping into this life of rich ministry potential by coming alongside of somebody who needs to be reconciled to God. Look at some of these unqualified, unworthy people in Scripture that God used. Jacob was a cheater. Peter had anger issues. Samson was a womanizer. Gideon was insecure and afraid. Jonah ran from God. Moses stuttered. Rahab was a prostitute. John the Baptist ate bugs. Zacchaeus, well, he was just really short. Joseph was abused. David had an affair and was a murderer. Noah was a drunk. Martha was a worrier. Elijah was very moody and often suicidal. Abraham was old. Job went bankrupt. Leah was ugly. And Lazarus, he was dead. What's your excuse for being feeling unqualified or unworthy, not good enough to step in when you see the people that God chose to use? Because the bottom line is this, it's in verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, which means all of our baggage, all of our junk, all of those old things about the clunker, he's taken that now. And so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to hear that again, but this time from the Living Bible. The Living Bible puts it this way. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. There's that exchange again. The old is gone. Christ took that. He paid that price. And now he's poured his goodness into each of us that we are what he calls his righteousness so when we come back to the challenge of living our lives not self-absorbed but willing to be poured out for him as we do that he pours his goodness into us that's what happens when when the bible says when anyone in christ the old is gone the new has come are you stuck in this middle group Are you been hanging around there too long have you been trying to keep both sets of keys it's time to let the one go it's time to stop living that self-absorbed life it's time to start acknowledging what christ has done for you so that you are worthy and qualified to do the work think about those things that i've just touched on in conclusion there were three groups of people that he talks about here and i want to challenge you with three responses as we conclude the first response comes out of verse 20. It simply says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You're not designed to do this on your own. You will never find true fulfillment and peace in this life on your own. Be reconciled to God. If you haven't taken that first step, if you haven't moved out of that first group, I challenge you today could be your day. The second response, is to move from being recite, reconciled, where the old is gone and the new has come, to say, yeah, it's time for me to embrace the calling to be an ambassador. It's time for me to embrace this ministry of reconciliation. It's time for me to let go of the comfort and let myself be poured out, to commit to doing something, commit to making a difference. And as you're enjoying ice cream in a few minutes, there's opportunities there for you to say, that's work that's what god's calling me to do the third response want to speak to those that for just a minute that have lived in this category you know what it's like to be poured out you've been there and you've done that and now you're sitting here today and go i remember that that was really rich that was so cool what happened somewhere along the line you saw yourself step back and you went back into a self-absorbed and you go, I don't want to be there anymore. And you wanted the third response is if you've, if you've tasted what it's like to live with the ministry of reconciliation, to maybe be an ambassador, and you see the fulfillment and the joy that comes from serving, and you're going, but I've let that go. The challenge is are you willing to pick that up again today and say, yeah, I want that back. I want to live in that experience of fulfilling the purpose that God and Christ have created me for as we close this service, as Pastor Rod comes and closes this in just a couple minutes, there'll be opportunity, as always, to come to the front for prayer. There'll be people here that you can come and pray with, but maybe you just wanna come as, an, as a step of surrender, you kind of, as your way of saying, the old is gone, you're handing over the key to the clunker, and you just wanna come and just kneel at the front on your own, you'd be welcome to do that. Let's pray. God, I love this passage of scripture and the challenge that you have given each one of us to be involved in this ministry of reconciliation, to be your ambassadors. Lord, speak to us now in these closing seconds of this service, that we might respond in the way that you would have us respond, that we can be part of changing this world, that we can be part of what you described as the church that the gates of hell cannot stand against. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.